Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord one more time, amen. And I don't know about a commencement sermon uh, Alan's just uh, putting on, but you were reading his dissertation topic. And, uh, you know, I was telling the other, other uh, service, we used to just call him Machine Gun Shelby. Uh, because if you've been one of his students, you know, he's forgotten more than we'll ever learn. And so we're grateful. We're grateful for him. Uh, my name is Golden Davis, for those of you uh, who don't uh, know me. My wife is here of uh, 35 years, Miss um, uh, April Michelle Woods Davis. I'm going to ask you to stand so that she can see who you are. Uh, yeah, we're grateful for, for her and then to uh, my friend and brother, Pastor Shelby. Thank you for the invitation to come. And I'm looking out at faces uh, that we've known from, now you can say, down through the years. Right? And so God has been faithful to us. Uh, there is a word, you know, let me say this too. Congratulations to all the graduates, whatever uh, field of study or uh, area you're in. Uh, congratulations uh, for your accomplishments. There's a word from the Lord today as we attempt to preach t- uh, to you from Second Timothy 3. Verses 10 through 15, 2 Timothy uh, 3, verses 10 through uh, 15. The Apostle Paul is talking to his mentor, uh, Pastor Timothy, and here's what he says. He reminds him, he says, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life purpose, faith, long-suffering. Look at this list. Love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, comma, he says, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. He says, which persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, And all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Please underline those three words. But evil men and impostors will grow uh, worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, he says, uh, Timothy. But you must continue uh, in the things which which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Pray with me. Father God, we thank you so much for allowing us yet another opportunity to be in service. We woke up this morning with our minds stayed on you. And so we thank you for allowing us to come to the house called prayer. And since we're here, we might as well give you the credit for certainly you're worthy to be praised. Thank you for all the dreams that we've heard here today. Thank you for uh, the graduates on every level and every stage. Thank you for reminding us that you really do have the world in the palm of your hands. Thank you for loving us uh, into this time. Dear God, I pray now in the name of Jesus that you would let me preach. And then if you let me preach, would you give me the power to do so? 
that someone lost might be saved and some heaven-bound traveler may be encouraged to continue. We pray that he who has an ear to hear will hear what the Spirit of God has for us on this day. And I think we can all say together, in the name of Jesus, amen. So for just a few moments, we'd like to attempt to preach to you from this idea. It's a how-to message, how to find delight in the detour. How to find delight uh, in the detour. A detour, by definition, is a long or roundabout route or route, depending on what state you're from, um, that becomes an interruption, right? You're on your way somewhere, and, and then you run up on a detour. Uh, a detour sometimes come up unexpectedly, and then sometimes we can plan to make detours along the way. We'll turn aside uh, to see something while we're out. Detours, uh, get this now, can be caused by our ignorance, right? Arrogance, <laughs> pestilence, or what my grandmother used to call just plain old hard-headedness, right? But just ask Jonah, you know, God, God gave him a direction in which to go. And he thought he would do his own thing. And whenever we find ourselves running in, in a direction that God has not ordained, we'll find ourselves on a downward trajectory. Down he went and down he went. If you know Jonah's story and down he went. But some detours are God ordained. In Exodus chapter three, Moses said this. He said, I think I'll turn aside to see this strange thing. Why this bush would not burn. And as we think about graduates and education and what it means to grow, we, we have to know this. Detours will happen in life. In fact, a good definition of life is just a, a continuation of detours. You know, you started out thinking you wanted to do this and you ended up doing that. Had no business preaching the gospel. I'm talking about me now. Had no business preaching the gospel. But God picked me up and made a preacher out of me. Had no business with a doctor, an earned doctorate degree. In fact, every now and again, you can hear Sister Davis saying, and you call yourself a doctor? <laughs> but God has a way of allowing detours to happen in our families. The loss of a loved one. Um, the addition uh, of a child or grandchild. Detours happen in faith. Detours happen with our fortune and with our friends. Life altering, life changing detours. No graduate in college or military school, no graduate gets to that point of graduation without encountering detours. And so, so we want to talk just a few moments about how to find delight in detours because if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves getting angry. That we're not where we thought we were supposed to be because something happened. And I submit to you today that whatever that was, was not by accident. Even in disobedience, 
even in hard-headedness, you are where you are because that's what God has ordained you to be, Jonah. We wouldn't have learned how to pray if it wasn't for, for, for detours. So let me give you my sermon in a sentence lest I hold you too long. Listen, you can find delight in your life's detours. They're there. They're there. But you got to look. You got you to know that they're there. God, God sometimes takes us, uh, just ask the children of Israel in Exodus 13, sometimes he takes us the roundabout way. Perhaps he knows that we would see something that would make us change our minds and lose heart. So God allows for details. The Apostle Paul pins this letter to his mentor to remind him, say, listen, Paul, uh, uh, Timothy, we know I know that you know that we're living in some perilous times. And then he runs off a list. He says, by way of remembrance, but you, right, have carefully followed my doctrine. See, detours will sometimes make us ask questions. God, why am I here? Why am I not where I thought I would be at this point in my life? Detours will make us talk to the Lord. Lord, Lord, help me discern what's going on. I, I do what I'm supposed to do as a good Christian. I've been discipled. And Christianity just don't seem as sexy as it does on Sunday mornings at 1030. Detours. Somebody, you know someone has to be asking a question, uh, a resident of Buffalo, New York, God, where were you? And how and why could you allow this? We're living in perilous times. So listen, if you're going to find delight in your detour, several ideas. Here's number one. If you intend to find delight in your detour, first of all, you got to reduce your speed. My mama would say, slow your roll. The destination that God has you going to is not going to change. So while we're on this journey, slow down. Paul reminds Timothy, you have to go slow if you're going to follow my doctrine. If you're going to pick up on what, on what my manner of life is, if you're going to embrace purpose and faith and long suffering, if you're going to know what love is all about, you don't have to slow down. Perseverance and persecution, afflictions, all of that happens as you have carefully followed. By the way, there's a technical word for long-suffering. Let me give it to you. Write it down. Long-suffering equals suffering long. And on this journey called life, you're going to have to suffer. He says, listen, all of this happened... To me at Antioch, at Iconium, and Lystra, he says, what persecutions I endured, out of all of them, and out of all of them, he says, the Lord delivered me. Remember that, Timothy. And so as as we graduate, you know, we graduate. We graduate into the war that is the Christian life. I mean, it's good now when when, when you, know, you don't have to worry about the electricity, the mortgage, the car note insurance. 
You remember, we used to sit on the front porch and ask, ask God the prayer. He answered the prayer. Lord, I'll be glad when I get grown. And he answered that prayer. And we got grown, didn't we? Some of us went knocking on the door. Mama, daddy, can I come back home? Slow your roll. Listen, detours or delays, get this now, that help us discover divine direction in our lives. God is up to something great in your life, and he's going to have to take you a roundabout way. We must reduce our speed in order to take notice of what God is doing in our lives. Look at this now. Paul, Paul talks about what he went through at Antioch. You remember, it, it was at Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. And by the time he gets to Lystra, he was stoned and left for dead. We have to find delight in our detours because sometimes life will leave us feeling like we've been stoned and left for dead. We have to see that God is yet in control. And look at this. He, he lists off nine ideas that we have to carefully follow. It starts with doctrine. You can't rush through discipleship. You have to know that as, as you're not just studying discipleship because you say I just studied, d- discovered life, discipleship. Because if you are a disciple of Christ, then your manner of life must shift. And, and then as you shift, then you see, see, see this list. It starts with this uh, doctrine and then it moves to manner of life and purpose and faith and long suffering and love and perseverance. In that order, by the way. Some young couple thought that that thought that they were in love and got married. And somebody who's been around here long enough <laughs> knows that it don't start like that. Oftentimes, we have to suffer and persevere into the loving relationship. Love is not automatic. So Paul lists this idea of of living, of what I'm going to call nine fundamentals of a faithful life. Whose doctrine are you following? Sometimes the doctrine for which we follow depends on what, what news station we're listening to. Okay, I want y'all to have me back, so let me move on. He says, out of them all, the Lord delivered me. And as it relates to to detours, listen, I met my wife while on a detour. I was a manager at a local company in Dallas, and uh, I was getting promoted, and they wanted me, I wanted to go this way, they wanted me to go that way. And I thought I had to say so in the matter. I said, no, I need to really go this way. They said, listen, you're going to stay with the company. You got to go that way. And when I walked into where they wanted me to be, the first person I saw uh, 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 what the Commodores would call a brick house. (laughs) And we've been together now 35 years. But if I went the way I wanted to go, perhaps... Right. You got you got to be willing to reduce your speed. God is up to something great in your life. You got to you got to find some delight 
in the detour. Stop worrying the Lord about where you are not. Stop worrying the Lord about where you are not. And then if you intend to find delight in your detour, number two, listen, read the signs. Pastor Paul says to Timothy, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, underline this, highlight this now. He says, will suffer persecution. And that's why we cry when, when our kids walk across the stage. Because we know if they're going to live a godly life, it's not going to be easy. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, really, you can keep going, and worse and worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I'm thinking about all the signs. Paul says, listen, we're living in some perilous times. And if you slow down long enough, you can see the signs. You see, detours are disturbances that define the diaspora of our days. Beloved, God has to move you and I both out of our zone of comfort to get us to where he wants us to be. The Christian must carry a cross. And there's nothing, nothing sexy about cross bearing. Crosses were not intended to hang around our neck nor adorn our bumper stickers. Crosses are to be born. And crosses are instruments of persecution. You will be scattered. But as you go and when you go, Paul says to Timothy, don't forget that you have carefully followed my doctrine. He runs off the list and then he says, if you desire to live godly, you will suffer persecution. If you can't say amen, just say ouch. There's no persecution in your life. You might want to check. Am I living a godly life in Christ Jesus? See, you must read the signs because not reading the signs is not an option. There's no excuse for ignorance <laughs> of what God is calling, calling or how he's calling us to live. Now, I may not have a line on the direction but as I, as I know and as I grow in Christ Jesus, I ought to have a line on what godly living is all about. Some questions we have no business asking the Lord. Because God cannot bless stuff. He won't do it. He won't do it. We got to read the signs. I was a tenured, I was 30 years old, tenured executive in higher education in Dallas. I was in my early 30s. I was set. Life was good. And God said to me, Kansas City. And I'm saying to him, I don't even know where Kansas City is. <laughs> but there was a church that had called me about a year and a half. And I told him, I said, look, I checked it out. It's too cold up there. Can't come. And it seems like, it seems like when we're on a detour, you know you're on a detour uh, that the Lord has ordained when you have to go back and say to him, uncle, okay, I'll go. And I left that 
job. And God dropped me in the most economically distressed counties in the nation. Why not county? One of the most economically distressed counties. Right next door to one of the most economically affluent counties. God had something else in store for my life. And I'm glad, beloved, I'm here today. Because he blessed me to read the signs, but it were not automatic. God has a way of getting our attention to which we say thank you for loving us enough to have the hard conversations. God, thank you for loving us enough to walk us through, for some of us, right, the valley of the shadow of death. Thank you for loving me enough to give me just one more day to do the best I can to find some delight in my detour. Because God has a wonderful plan for all of our lives. I don't care what, what, what your age is. God's not through with you. You're not too young. And you're not too old. You're not too rich, nor are you too poor. You can find delight in the detour. Here's my third idea. If you want to find delight in the detour, relax. Quit taking yourself so seriously. You want to hear a real good joke? A real good joke. You ready for this? Look in the mirror when you get home. (laughs) Relax. If we believe that God is sovereign, we know that nothing happens that he doesn't allow or permit. And here's one thing I know about my creator. I'm not going anywhere he doesn't want me to be. So whenever that is, he's in charge. I'm not. So relax. Scripture says, but you must continue. Paul says to Timothy, you must continue in the things which you have learned and and have been assured of. Why, Paul? Knowing from whom you have learned them. So here's the idea. Detours or deviations that deepen your devotion for the one who is the author and finisher of our faith. Relax. God knows where you are, knows what you stand in need of. Even as as you graduate and move on to other things, relax. Stay focused on him and he'll fill in the blanks. Psalm 42, the psalmist put it like this, as the deer pants for water. So my soul pants and longs after you, O God. You can relax because God has positioned people around you to pour into you the tools, all the tools that you will ever need to successfully get this and significantly run your race. Relax. I got to Wyandotte County, thought I'd done my homework, and, 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 I, and I had to go back and talk to the Lord. I said, Lord, are you sure about this? But when I arrived in Kansas City, I performed a funeral service at the church where God had planted me. And after the service, a young man by the name of Alonzo Burton came up to me and said, listen, can you and I talk? And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, the Lord about to send this young man uh, based on my preaching into this church. (laughs) Met with him, sat down. He said, I want you to meet my pastor. I said, okay, I wasn't planning on that, but okay. 
Couple of weeks later, he calls. We set the thing up. In walks Alonzo. Alonzo Burton came in first. I'm good. And then following him was the whitest white guy I'd ever seen in my life. He sat down. He set me up. I said, okay, so what's your plan? I said, well, look, I, I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that God will lead us to lead the people into ministry. And then he asked a question that was clear as, as crystal. He said, how are they going to minister if they've not been discipled? And therein began a bond, right? Had I told God I'm not leaving Dallas? met Alan or Alonzo or some of the other exploits that God allowed us to do in the kingdom but beloved we have to relax let God be God and in a real sense we can pray our prayers God thank you for for making me not you and I'm gonna let you be you in my life Whatever age I'm at, whatever stage I'm in, I'm going to let you be you in my life. God, he knows how to get you what you need. He knows how to get you where you need to be. Then if you're going to find delight in your detour, you got to rejoice in the journey. I'm not where I want to be. I'm going to stop arguing with the Lord. I'm going to relax. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to reduce my speed. I'm going to read the signs and then I'm going to rejoice. Because detours are the distinguishing diversions that develop my discipleship in the Lord. Something sinister happens when I lose my fervor for shepherding individuals into the kingdom. It's not just enough that I know or that I've graduated or I think that I've arrived. By the way, if you ever get to the point where you think you've arrived, you're dead in the water. No, God's not, God's not finished with you. I'm asking God, I'm asking God, to, Lord, Lord, keep my fervor of the Holy Scriptures hot, flaming. Right? I don't want to be cold, hard, or callous. I don't want to see the man lost and turn my back blaming him on where he is. You remember the woman who got in trouble with the church? Jesus stooped down and wrote something on the ground. By the time he looked up, they were gone. And then get this, he commissioned her. Go and sin no more. Every time God blesses me, I got to get out of here now. Every time God blesses me with a birthday, I find some place to sit down and I consider two ideas. Number one, God help me to know how my mind has not changed. God is still God. I say it. God is still God. He's still creator of the universe. He still loves me so much. He's my alpha and my omega. He's my beginning and my end. He's my rooftop. Y'all got to help me in here. He puts bread in, on my table. Strengthen my bones. He gives me the, the, the wherewithal to love him. My mind has not changed. 
That's number one. Number two, God, how has my mind changed? And beloved, if you're in this room, if you're looking virtually, if your mind has not changed, you ought to ask God, change my mind about some things. Because when we stop changing our minds, we stop growing. Rejoice. God wants to develop your discipleship. You can rejoice in the detour because, listen, listen, someone knew you'd be coming this way. So they set the cones out to help you get through where God wants you to go. You can rejoice because the detour is not the destination. And if you want to know what the cones of life are, on a hill far away, <laughs> God planted a rugged cross. And not just any cross, but that cross in the middle serves as the ultimate dis- de- detour for all of our lives. That when I see the cross of Calvary, I may have come walking one way, <laughs> but I leave walking another way. And if you're in this room and you came one way but left another way, won't you put your hands together? Because the Lord is just that good. When I think about reasons to rejoice, I'm glad that somebody loved me enough to point me to the cross. And I ask God, don't let me get to contempt in my salvation. He says, listen, you're going to be wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, now he's not just talking about your salvation. You can't get yours and go sit down. No, no, no. Yours is to be shared. When I think about reasons why we can rejoice. I'm glad that God ordains details. I'm glad that he changed The course is in my life. When I think about my wife and my children, I'm glad he changed the courses. When I think about Alan Shelby in my life, and I know what he is in your life, I'm glad that he sent us on the detours, Pastor Shelby, that he had to send us on. And even as our steps grow older, I, I I can see my own steps growing shorter. But we can rejoice because we have had friends like Bob Weston to come this way by way of detour. We've had friends like Mark Trotter who have come this way by way of detour. We have friends like you who've come this way by way of detour. And one glad morning (laughs) when this life is over. We're going to hear him say, servant, well done. (laughs) When he says, well done, we'll be able to put on a different kind of hood. And it won't be based on what we know. (laughs) It'll be based on what God did when he gave us Jesus the Christ. Is there anybody in this room who can celebrate the fact that we're on our way somewhere? And I thank God for the detour. In fact, I wouldn't trade nothing for my journey right now. 
You talk about a detour. God got us to Kansas City. And I contracted cancer. When they caught it, it had been in my body for five years. Growing and the wife that God gave me. So you better get that done. Size of a tennis ball lodged in my body. Should have been dead and gone. But God sent Alan Shelby in my life. <laughs> he would pick me up. This white, white guy would pick me up and take me to my treatments. And when I couldn't taste anything, Alonzo Burton would come to my house. He had a watermelon on his shoulder. A full slab of Gates ribs on this shoulder. He would walk up to my door like this. And when I couldn't taste anything, God allowed these disciples to rejoice in the detour. And I'm here right now because somebody loved me enough. Y'all got to hear me here. And I'm going to close with this. Jesus did most of his miracles by way of detour. Jesus detoured through Samaria to give living water. And so you think you want to follow Jesus? Two of the most dangerous words ever spoken was when he uttered these two words, follow me. We've been on discipleship. Alan and I, we've been around the world. God allowed us to take discipleship from one of the poorest counties in the nation. And we found ourselves going to ports known and unknown. We were, we were on our way to Philadelphia. I got to quit now. And I missed my flight. I said, God, I'm Golden Davis. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm, uh, how could you let me miss the flight? I got to the airport. I'm done. Airplane sitting right there. That was my plane. I said, lady, that's my plane. She said, we didn't close the doors. I said, well, you're going to have to open the doors because I got to catch that flight. The team is on that flight. She said, once the doors are closed, the rule is we cannot open it. She said, but I tell you what, I can divert you. And you'll actually get there before your team will. Hook me up. Got on the plane, flew. And, and here's why detours work. Got on the flame, flew, touched down, flew, got to Philadelphia. We land early. I was going to be glad, Sister Hill, that I was going to meet the team at the door. I missed my flight, G. Davis. How in the world could the team leader miss the flight? We're taxiing up to the door and we stop. Well, okay. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. We're sitting on the plane and I'm thinking, what? The captain comes on. He says, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. He says, he's, the, he's flying an 80,000 pound piece of machinery. He says, uh, we got to stop right here. He says, somebody's bags fell off the cart right in the middle of the line we're supposed to stay on. And we can't get to the door. Get, he said this. We can't get to the door until they come and move somebody's bags out of the way. Beloved, somebody is in your life trying to get to the destination that God has called them to go. 
And they can't get there because your bags are in the way. There's a delight in the detour, but you got to let God have his way. And when you let him have his way, your soul will look back and wonder one day, how did I make it over? Is there anybody in this room who, who can celebrate the fact that God is still God and he's still moving in the life of his people? If you believe that today, won't you put your hands together? So God, we thank you for the detours, those interruptions that are divine. You want to deepen our devotion in you. You want to use us, but you can't use us till you break us. So while we're broken, dear God, thank you for putting us together piece by piece. That one day we'll be able to stand before you with a grateful heart. Because we want to hear you say, well done. Thy good and faithful servant. God, we pray now for that man, woman, boy, girl who may be on a, on a journey not knowing why you're taking them the way you're taking them. Give them to know that you're right there with them. Give us a surrendered heart. Relight that passion in our hearts for salvation. That somebody might be in the kingdom. Because we dared to find delight in the detour. God, we love you and we thank you now for it's in the name of Jesus we do pray. And I think we can all say together, Amen.